Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. You are awesome, and you're with us on this day, and we thank you that this is the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing, and we're glad in it. Thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for all of us in each life, especially the lives of the unborn. And so, Father, we thank you that through this time today that um, more women, more babies would be saved from abortion, God. More help would be given to the women and families in need in Acadiana. And we just thank you for what you're doing, God, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we thank you that you are that light, Jesus. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm, I'm your host, Todd Citron. It was so pretty, it's got me flustered up here. Uh, today's guest is Patrice Lewis. She is the executive director of a pregnancy center and clinic here in Lafayette. Thank you for coming today. Welcome to the show, Patrice. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. It. I want to hear. She's a sweetheart. We haven't met very long, but I love her. She's got a, a beautiful heart, and I want uh, our listeners to hear a little bit about her life and tell us about yourself. So I am from Opelousas, born and raised Opelousas, Louisiana. I came to the pregnancy center in 2003. I've been there 18 years. Um, as a student at UL, I felt that God put a call in my heart to help women. Didn't exactly know how that would look or, or what would happen, how I could fulfill that call. But um, I started to major in child and family studies at UL and just continued to cry out to God when it came near graduation about how he would use me to help women. And I was in a ministry called Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship and a pregnancy center and clinic um, who I now work for was there sponsoring a meal for students on campus through Chi Alpha. And the director at that time came up to me with her business card and asked me, what would I do with my degree? And I was like, oh, Lord, that's what I've been asking you. Like, what am I going to do? And from there, they asked me to come and see them. I became the very first intern for the university at the clinic, which was really a God thing because I don't think that's ever happened before. Mm. And so I've been there ever since from intern to counselor to administrative assistant and now the executive director. I hear when we rode over here and I hear in your voice just the Holy Spirit speaking in your, in your life and, and guiding your steps and hearing these supernatural things that have happened to you. So I want you to go back for me and share with our audience, like at a, at a young age, when do you think the Holy Spirit kind of entered into your life and, and, and that God entered your life? I would say at the age of 14, Okay, God really entered into my life, um, especially through different relationships. I had a, a client, not a client, a cousin who was uh, also involved in Chi Alpha. She was a senior um, or a freshman rather in Chi Alpha. I was a freshman in high school. And I remember her coming to our house one day and, and we were listening to secular music, me and my, my family and her sister, my cousin and sister said, oh, she doesn't do that anymore. She's a Christian. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I said, oh, I want to do that. And so from there, my cousin um, started to engage me about being a true follower of Christ at the age of 14. And so that's when I decided, hey, I want to live for him to the best of my ability. And I, <laughs> But I haven't always been the best. But as I matured and grew, I've grown closer to him. And I'm thankful that he chose me and, and that I get to serve him and live for him because I, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's beautiful. Uh, did you go to Opelousas High? Yes, I yeah, did. You're a tiger. Yes, I was. All right. And and so how about in your family? Like, is there a parent or grandparent or someone that inspired you? 
So in my family, I would have to say for me, my grandpa and just a lot of people in my family went from my work ethic to my faith. Mm -hmm. But I really have to say my grandpa because he was one of my buddies, um, especially around my high school years. Mm -hmm. And one thing he would do when the sun came up, he knew it was time to pray. When the sun went down, that was the time to stop and pray. But he had so much wisdom, so much um, joy in life. And so to talk with him and, and I would always look at him because he was older. I was younger. And when you're a teenager, sometimes you, you're thinking things, you're going through things. But I would look at him and I would say, if he made it through to 90, 80 and he's still here, whatever mm -hmm. I'm going through, I'm going to survive too. And what's his name? His name is Joseph and he passed away in 2006. Oh. But he's my friend. So uh, I really enjoyed my grandfather and just aunt i have an aunt who worked so hard and she would say if you work hard during the day you sleep well at night mm -hmm. so i learned that if you put in a good day's work you you're fulfilled learned so many lessons from my dad's mom who again had a strong work ethic i remember one day um the dishes need to be washed at her house and i just got up and washed them she said now we're cooking with gas that's <laughs> what i'm talking about so just a strong work ethic a strong faith walk and that with work and with faith in god you can accomplish and do anything that's so awesome uh t tell the, our listeners like your experience growing up in opelousas this is cajun country uh how is it have you gotten to travel much or how is it special or different than other places opelousas is special because it is a smaller community but what i love about opelousas is growing up we had not just family to look to but you had major leaders in the community who actually took time to come into the school system and share their lives with you and share with you. I, I remember in the sixth grade, just leaders coming and sharing their their educational path, their career path, and challenging us that we could do the same thing. I remember the D.A.R.E. program, who was led by now Chief Martin McClendon, who is my uncle, um, my dad's brother, who um, was the D.A.R.E. Um, leader at that time, challenging us, hey, no drugs, no activity that can hinder your future. So at a young age, we were challenged by leaders in the community to make wise choices. I remember being in seventh grade, and I got punished work. And one of the teachers, her name is Ms. Lewis, and she told me that punish work was a sin because you were wasting time that God had given you to do something else. And so all those lessons helped to mold, I think, who I am today. And any of the young leaders that you see coming out of Opelousas, we all had that same upbringing. Patrice, I was a sinful man. I wrote a lot of punish work in my time. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did some things in, 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 in grade school and high school that I'm not proud of, but uh, I did make it through. And, uh, you know, you learn and you grow up. Um, so are you are you a big reader of the Bible? I, I kind of caught in your prayer that there was definitely some biblical references in there. Tell us uh, about that. Yes, I am a very big reader of the Bible. I love the Word of God because I totally believe that there's nothing great I can share with you. I, what my own wisdom, my own thoughts, my own opinion are, are nothing apart from the word of God. And I was reading in Deuteronomy when Moses was about to leave the Israelite community. And he said, if you live by this word, you'll be successful. This word is your life. And so we know that Jesus came and he is the word incarnate. But Jesus came. He's the word fulfilled. And so apart from him in John 15 says that we can do nothing apart from Christ. And so he's the fulfillment of the word. He is the word of God. And in James chapter one, it says that if we do the word, we will be blessed in everything that we do. So I love the word of God. I can't, 
Yeah. (laughs) I'm smiling (laughs) because I love that she loves the word and I love how much she knows the word. And, uh, you know, I guess us Catholics, you know, we, we, we don't know the word as well as we should. We get a bad rap sometimes, but, uh, but she's really well versed in in her Bible, and I, and I'm hearing you, and I hear the Word was made flesh and dwelt among yes. us, right? Yes, yes. And we're about to celebrate that, so I'm excited. Easter is my favorite time of year. I love Easter. We're taping this uh, during Lent, and I'm I'm on a hard fast right now, and uh, uh, I always give up alcohol for for Lent as well, and it's 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 been a rough Lent so far. Um, but Easter is coming, and, and this, this episode will actually air probably after Easter. But what give us some of your Easter traditions. What do you love so much about Easter? So we normally get together. Friday is the crawfish boil. Um, and it normally happens around Leonville area where my mom and dad grew up, or where my grandparents grew up, rather. So we're looking at that. And then Easter Sunday will be the barbecue where we get together and we sit outside and um, there might be an adult Easter egg hunt and then there might be <laughs> and then there might be an Easter egg hunt for the children. I'm not sure, but those are, have been some of the activities. So Friday is always the big crawfish ball, fish fry, and Saturday is always the um, the barbecue. So. Yeah, you know, there's been some argument in my church about, you know, uh, you're not sacrificing on Fridays with crawfish and fried fish. and But, you know, in South Louisiana, this is the Cajun way, right? I mean, we love festivals and we love our family and we love to celebrate. And I don't think it's disrespectful. No, and I think God looks at the heart. Cause, yeah. I mean, the resurrection, the crucifixion was very harsh and brutal. Um, when we read about the lashes Jesus took and we read about the beatings and the spitting, but it's also joyful because it, had it not been for that, where would we be? Mm-hmm. So it is cause to celebrate. Yeah, um, I had the great privilege to go to the Holy Land, and at the Holy Sepulchre, there's a spot where Jesus was crucified. There, there's a, a hole in the ground where the where the crucifix went down, and what you do as a pilgrim is you stick your hand in that in that sheave or hole, if you want to call it, and it's so powerful. I know people that have been with us that just wept uncontrollably it's beautiful yes, yes. yeah it's nice that's some you like to go to the holy land or? i've never been but one day i would like i to need go. to make sure you get on that trip yeah oh, awesome. that would be beautiful so you know patrice is here today um to talk about a pregnancy center and clinic uh, obviously she is pro-life and um and we had a, a previous guest nancy tab markentel who I guess, was it one of the founders, I guess? Yes, yeah. she's one of our founding members since 1985. She serves as our board president and is doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, and she she's famous. Some of you may remember her name. You know, she was a famous singer in Louisiana and got a huge heart. And she also has an endeavor for pets. I know that, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but tell us about a pregnancy center. Let's, let's hear about it. So our pregnancy center and clinic was founded in 19... 19- 85 by the late um, Pastor Francis Martin. He had had uh, just a burden on his heart that there needed to be something done for pregnant women in Acadiana who were considering abortion. Um, And so he met with business leaders as well as pastors in the area to start what was then known as the Acadiana Crisis Pregnancy Center, which is today a pregnancy center and clinic. And so with his vision and, and the partnership of many, such as Ms. Nancy Tapp Markintel, Lucius Hornsby, jo- uh, Joanne Hornsby, who was our very first executive director, you had Mr. Will Mills, who's a part of our founding. So many great leaders came together um, to meet that need. And I was told at that time that the number of women having abortions in our state filled all the seats of Cajun Field. That's how many. So it's close to Mm. 20,000. Now, thankfully, all these years later, we have about 8,000 abortions happening each year in our state. 
any abortion that happens is horrible, but to see the decrease and that we are winning the fight is really phenomenal. So we're thankful to be a part of a mixture of pregnancy centers, legislation, everything that's gone forth over the years to help um, stem the tide of abortion. What are some of the things that we assume about ladies that are considering abortion, maybe that are not a correct assumption? Like, are they all super young? Uh, you know, give us a, a, a behind-the-scenes look on who's who's coming to your clinic. So we have women, and I will say teens from 13 to 40. Mm. So um, we would sometimes think our demographic is the college student, not necessarily so. It could be the young woman who was raped. It could be the young woman who is going through a divorce, or it could be the teenager who finds out she's pregnant and her mom's just finding out about it and she's maybe 20 weeks into the pregnancy. Um, it could be someone who's a prostitute, believe it or not, someone who's sleeping on the street, mm-hmm. um, homeless. So we see a variety of women and their situations and stories. Yesterday I was speaking with a young lady who um, she's been in an abusive relationship. And for her, having a baby and coming out of an abusive relationship is just not, um, for her, it seems impossible. But we know with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. That's coming out of that Bible. I know that. Okay, so uh, Patrice, um, do you work with um, adoption agencies? So what we are, a pregnancy center clinic um, is not a licensed adoption agency, so we do not facilitate, but we do work with adoption agencies. Mm-hmm. So I know one agency we referred to recently is the Baton Rouge Catholic um services um and the new orleans catholic services so we are very particular about who we partner with and refer to so we vet these agencies to make sure they align with what we believe and if they do and when they do that's who we partner with this might not be your expertise but i'm curious um you know if someone out there and i hear a lot of couples that can't have children and or maybe elderly couples that want to have adopt children where where would they start if you live in lafayette you can start one of two ways. You can contact an adoption agency, um, and you can do that. Everyone does everything by Googling. Or if you want to know our list of agencies, please call us. Okay. Um, three, you can call us at 337-232-5509. And then contact an, ado- or contact an adoption attorney. Okay. That is another avenue to go. I know of one um, very well-known attorney named Mr. Todd Godin who's one of the most respected uh, adoption attorneys I was told in our state, and he's in Baton Rouge. So either an agency or you want to go with an adoption attorney. All right. I want to remind our listeners, today's guest is Patrice Lewis. She is the executive director at a pregnancy center and clinic. They are located on South College here in Lafayette. Um, It is 913 South College Suite 206. And uh, is there a web address? Yes, it's www.apcclafayette.org. All right. Tell us how many employees you have and who, who, how do you pay for the place? So we have six employees. Um, we have one who are two part-time, four full-time. And the way that we pay for our services, because as you know, everything we do for the community is free. So a woman considering abortion can choose life for her baby for free. Um, and so we're thankful for that because we know if she chooses abortion, she has to pay in so many different ways, not just monetarily. And so we pay for those services through partnerships with awesome donors that we have, individual donors, church donors, business donors. Those are our revenue streams that we focus on in particular. We do receive some other funding, um, but we primarily look at our private um, partnerships because those help um 
how can I say, monthly donors help yeah. help us to forecast and better project and budget how we can spend and what we can do to optimize our reach to the women in our community. And so if one, one someone wanted to donate to the organization, would they contact you? How would they do that? They can contact me. They, they, they can also visit our website, which is www.friendswithapcc.org. And you can become what is called a friend for life because we want these women to know that we're with them for life. We're not just their friends so they can keep their babies and then afterwards tell them bye. But we want to be there for them. We want to be their friends for life. And so if you'd like to be a friend for life, again, visit www.friendswithapcc.org if you become a friend for life. Uh, for at least $25 a month. We have some swag for you, as Nancy would say. Uh-huh. And so we have a T-shirt and a, a, a mug for you and a, a really neat Friend for Life keychain um, that you can use to pray for us. And you can also become a prayer partner with, um, and we can talk about that when there's time, but we have a neat prayer text ministry where anytime an abortion-minded client comes through our doors, you can get a text immediately asking you to pray for that woman and to pray for the counselor that's going to be serving her. And you can know in real time what's happening and how your prayer and how your support is affecting that's cool. the ministry. I want to hear more about that. So how, how many uh, ladies come through the, the, the clinic at, and, and then also how many prayer partners are there? So? so about women who come to the clinic a day can be, depending on if it's slow, five to ten a day. That's a lot. So, and, But the way our program is designed, which I really love, um, back then when pregnancy centers were first started, the only thing they would do, is my understanding, is a pregnancy test, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy centers have evolved to offer a continuity of services where we're not just there for that pregnancy test and that ultrasound, but we're there with you throughout the process up to when you have the baby and even a little beyond if you still need that support. And so we're serving the women to the best of our abilities um, to become a prayer partner. And we have a number of prayer partners. We have some who sign up and they get the text and they share the text with other people. So the number, I'm not really sure. But if you want to become a prayer partner, um, you can definitely give us a call and we will take your phone number, take your email, and then we'll sign you up. And then you'll start getting texts right away every time an abortion-minded woman is in our office. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer, but you can say, Jesus, help. And Jesus will hear your prayer, and that woman will be helped. And then whenever a baby is saved, you'll get a text saying, rejoice, celebrate, because a mom has chosen life wow. for her baby. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, um, uh, at the clinic, um, is it funded by the United Way or it's no, it's just oh, all no. private donations? No, or, yeah. it's not funded by the United No, we're not, we don't have any of that type of funding. Gotcha. Um, we do have some funding like grants. We might get a grant and we do have some grant funding. I know one of the grants that we receive, which you all should be familiar with and you probably do support, is the Louisiana Right to Life Choose Life mm-hmm. Fund grant. So whenever you see one of those license plates, please know that those funds go to pregnancy centers. And what those funds do is half of those funds, 50% of those funds we spend on training materials, brochures, um, literature for our clients. The other half we spend on women who are placing for adoption. Mm-hmm. So when a woman comes in, one place for adoption, and let's say she's struggling financially to pay utility bills or rent, we can use funds from that Choose Life license plate. Um, and give her the funds she needs to pay her rent for maybe the next two months to pay her utilities and just to give her a hand up 
for choosing life and for choosing to place her child for adoption because adoption is a very selfless choice. It's not an easy choice as some would think it is. It it takes a lot of courage to place for adoption. So we want to support those women, women that do and the Choose Life license, please help us to do that. I have so many questions. So um, you, I have a, a close friend and, and a handful of friends that can take the Bible and Scripture and, and, and apply it to everyday life just, just like that. And I feel like you can do that a little bit. So how would you recite some Scripture to women considering an abortion? Where, where, where is that in the Bible? So one of my favorite for a long time is Jeremiah 1.5. When um, God told Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained your prophet to the nation. And so I use that Scripture to encourage the woman that God has a plan for her baby, but not just the baby, that God has a plan for her. Mm-hmm. If he would just if she would just trust him with this pregnancy. Uh, another scripture I love is Psalms 139, 16, where God says, all the days ordained for me, where David says, all the days ordained for me are written in your book before there's yet one of them. So an unplanned pregnancy may be a shock to you, but it's not a shock to God. God knows exactly what's going on. You just need to trust him, and he will take this, what seems like a crisis, and turn into a huge blessing if you let him. And then Jeremiah 29, 11, um, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So to remind that lady that God is not allowing this pregnancy to destroy their lives. Sometimes I've heard women feel like the pregnancy was to punish them um, for something, but it couldn't be further from the truth. And again, that this pregnancy can be the biggest blessing that they could not have even imagined but how it it will bring them through if they trust him with it. So the key is to trust him with it. He has it all laid out. The plan is there. It's been there since the beginning of time. Um, He didn't fall off the throne because you're pregnant. But if you give this pregnancy to him, kind of like Hannah gave Samuel to God, she wanted to be pregnant so bad. And God, and she promised God, God, if you allow me to get pregnant, I'll give him right back to you. And that's exactly what she did. And Samuel became one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. So we're asking our women, just give this child to God. Trust God with your baby and God will do amazing things. And I'm thankful to know that we have young men, women, 35. There's a little teenage boy that I, I'm blessed to get updates on every once in a while who would have been aborted. His mom was a student at UL. I get pictures when he's playing softball. I get pictures when he's someone's escort to a dance, um, when he has um, accolades and honors. And so we don't know what God can do, but we just have to give God a chance. Oh, this girl's on fire. Uh, do you know Dustin Bertrand? He wrote a yes, book. Yes, yeah. I've met him before. Yes, his story is phenomenal. But that's exactly, imagine if his mom had yeah. even T- had Tell our him. listeners, I saw him at Reds recently, and I, I got to get him back on the show soon. But t- tell our listeners about that. So from what I understand with Dustin's story, his mom, um, I think, was on a college campus. Uh-huh. And she, um, I think, maybe Here. got drunk. I'm not sure. But either way, she was raped. Mm-hmm. And when she woke up, she had no idea what happened, who who was involved or anything, but she found herself to be pregnant. And so she had a choice. She could have aborted mm-hmm. Dustin, and, but she did not. And now we have a phenomenal young man that is reaching out to the young people in our community, um, encouraging them to be all that God has called them to be, which is his, his, his message is to be all God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. He's encouraging young men to respect young women and who better to give them that message than him yeah a good guy awesome dude great story go get that book uh dustin bertrand uh, uh, definitely a, a testimony to pro-life 
Um, so Patrice, just loving you on the show. Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories is the woman at the well, mm. and that's been in the gospel recently. And um, I and my daughter got, uh, I tell you, I'd gone to the Holy Land. We got to drink from Jacob's well, awesome. and it was quite an experience. And um, just love that story. Um, her name, according to the locals, um, oh, I'm going to choke on the radio. Um, it's um, my daughter would kill me. But they, they shared, it's Nora, and so they shared her name with us, and the locals all knew her as Nora. And I don't know if you Google that, if it come up that, it, it says something differently. But anyway, you know, she had a lot of different husbands and a, and a rough life and all. So I'm curious, like, um, are, are some of the ladies that come into your clinic, have they had abortions in the past, or is it someone who's facing abortion for the first time? No, we've had um, women who have had abortions in the past, and sometimes, sadly, they are considering abortion again. But sometimes they will say they did it and it's something they would never do again. Mm -hmm. um, we had a young lady last year who had an abortion. She had what we would call as a chemical abortion where it's not surgery, but you're taking an abortion pill and it was unsuccessful. And mm -hmm. as a result, she ended up in the hospital with an infection. And so as a result of that, she would never do that again. Um, and so there are some women um, who after they have had it before, they won't do it again. But there are some because um, I've heard it said that when a woman is experiencing a crisis pregnancy, it's like an animal being caught in a trap. And to get free, they'll even chew off their own leg just to get free. So when a woman finds herself with a crisis pregnancy, she will do anything, even if it means harming herself, um, to get out of that situation. And so we see a mixture of both. But our job is to help them to consider a side of it that they've never seen before, especially if they had an abortion, to let them know, hey, God loves you and God forgives. Um, and I think that's so powerful. I remember speaking at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Opelousas and sharing that message that if you've had an abortion, God forgives you um, and he loves you. And I remember a young gentleman came up after mass and he said that he had driven someone to an abortion clinic. And since that day, he always felt guilty for participating. But when he heard that God forgave him that day, he said, it's just like a burden that was lifted. Mm. And so, um, yes, we see both, but we know there's hope in both situations. Just a couple of minutes left on the show. And just, I love Patrice. I mean, she's my new best friend. Um, and she's a beautiful young lady. So tell me your vocation in life. Are you uh, are you married or is this a full-time job for you? Or? This is a full-time job. No no children, never been married, <laughs> nothing like that. So, um, And that's also the benefit I get to share. I believe in purity. I believe in abstinence. I believe okay. in chastity. So when I'm in the counseling room with these ladies and they're pregnant, one message that I have to share with them is to save themselves, um, to recommit to saving themselves from marriage because they deserve to be someone's wife, not just to be um, someone's side thing or to have one man coming in out their children's life after another. They deserve more. And so I love to encourage um, women to protect their bodies, protect their hearts, and to honor God and that God will honor them. Uh, such a role model for our young ladies. I need to introduce you to my daughters. And uh, not to say that they're not wonderful children but they all need to hear that from you and from someone who who earns so much respect from our community and thank you so much for what you do thank you for you're awesome me. uh just incredible again uh it's a pregnancy center and clinic it's off of south college and they're doing wonderful work 
just a minute left, but I'd like to ask you too. I see you minister to guys as well. This, yeah, yes, which is really awesome. We have a volunteer who, um, she said, the, the guys are coming. They're increasing and they're increasing in number because it's really neat. Um, what we have learned, and one of my volunteers encouraged me that if the guy takes enough time to actually come with her to a pregnancy center, he must really care. But that means that we need to encourage him just as much as we encourage her because once they leave our office, they all, all they have is each other and God. And so we're, encur- we're encouraged to share the gospel with the men, to give them a thumbs up, a pat on the back. Thank you for coming with her. You didn't have to do this, but you're here. Thank you for supporting her. And if he's the one pushing abortion, we want to be real with him and let him know that he needs to be there because she's feeling like she's alone and she didn't make this baby by herself. So you need to step up. (laughs) I am so proud of Patrice and her ministry. And yeah, step up, guys. Let's go. So uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Patrice Lewis. We always uh, encourage our listeners to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Thank you for being here, and God bless you. Know that you'll be in my prayers, and I ask for yours. Thank you. Yes, sir. Most definitely.